Welcome to All Turns and No Bricks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Bricks with Tam Renee and my man, Front Row Kenny. It's the Fabulous Three back again. How you guys doing? What it do, Kenny? What it do, Renee? All the way from Arizona. <laughs> yep. <laughs> What's happening, y'all? How y'all feeling? They're doing great. So Renee's actually in Arizona because although Arizona is wearing masks, everything's still open. So Renee went out there with his buddy Jack and they did a stand-up comedy show. You want to tell us a little yeah. bit about it? Yeah, it's um we got booked uh, last minute there were I guess uh, there was already a a club out here or one of the um several clubs that are out here in the uh, Phoenix area had been open and one of the uh, comedians uh had to cancel out for for some reason and and I'm not sure what but either way it goes they called us up asked us if we wanted to come down and do the show since we know the owners very well and now don't get me wrong we actually really thought about it really hard <laughs> we're like should we go over there I'm like but I think it's just the entertainer in me. Um, I haven't been on stage in over two months and that just, that's just like a lifetime to us. I'll go like a couple of days without being on stage and it feels like forever. But so being two months off stage, we sat, we talked about it and we drove up here, uh, for the weekend and, uh, it was, it was quite a weekend. Now we had good crowds as far as like crowds go. They didn't pack the room whatsoever because of the virus and they only held it like half capacity of what they normally have it at. And uh, they spread everybody out. Uh, all the comics wore masks. We had sanitary wipes to wipe down the mic and the micro, uh, the mic stand. So we uh, we try to take uh, good care of ourselves. And, uh, you know, I feel pretty good. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah. Renee went to Vegas and Arizona. Yeah, yeah. He better than me because I'm on day 175 with, no, just kidding. But yeah, I don't plan on coming out the house <laughs> for a bit. Although, yeah, wow. I actually have been thinking about driving to the Grand Canyon, so doing a road trip. But as you guys know, and Renee and I, and Kenny, for that matter, we've discussed this. Whenever you decide to do a road trip, it sounds all good when you drive there. But on the way back, you're like, what the hell was I thinking? Especially when you drive across California or Nevada. Because we are on the West Coast, obviously, but there's a lot of desert and not a lot of greenery. So the scene gets real old and real hot real quick. So <laughs> that, see, that's the crazy thing about y'all with like traveling yeah. like four hours, four or five hours, four or five hours would take me across two states. <laughs> you know, like it's crazy, but I got all green, but none of that desert stuff. I'm glad because. My five-hour trip back home would literally probably be hell with the desert. I, I couldn't do it. I don't think so. <laughs> We've had this conversation on the podcast before, but you can't exactly blow the air conditioner the entire time. Especially, I mean, you know, I obviously have a newer car, but even with a newer car, you can't run the air like that going from L.A. to Las Vegas because you have... I think it's like 3,000 feet elevation or something. I see the sign all the time. 
I personally never run the air anyway, but sometimes the noise gets on my nerves. So I have to roll up the window and then it's hot. So it's just this constant battle. But yeah, there's no greenery when you're crossing the desert. And in fact, not only is it no greenery, (laughs) it's nothing to see. At some parts of that drive, it is like, O-M-G, as the young folks would say. But nonetheless, I cannot relate. <laughs> Kenny, your weekend was pretty eventful because you actually worked covering the IndyCar race and the ARCA race as well as the NASCAR race, I think. But you want to share a little bit about it before we jump into what happened the week that was in NASCAR? Sure. So thankfully, because Texas isn't a NASCAR track, quote unquote, not owned by NASCAR, that is. My Sunday was a lot chill, but my Friday and my Saturday was pretty jam-packed for Iowa, the doubleheader, and um, for IndyCar, and also, of course, ARCA raced on Saturday, which, actually, I'm actually kind of glad, because I got to experience working with IndyCar. Um, Shout out to my temporary teammates for the weekend. They made everything real easy, but um, it was fun to watch the race anyway, because I always like IndyCar as it is, so it was pretty cool. And your man won on Saturday, Joseph Newgarden, so I know you, you should be pretty happy. But, My baby boo. Yeah, I think that- <laughs> exactly. You know, that's the first thing I was thinking about as soon as he won. I was like, look, there go Tam's man right there. <laughs> that's just a great guy. As we've talked about in the past, this is a fan podcast. So we straddle the line between being fans as well as professional. I would never consider myself a journalist, although at one point, technically, I was. I always considered myself an analyst because I like to analyze what happened. Journalists go dig deep for the stories. I'll leave that to Bob Pockers. That's not who I am. (laughs) But on this podcast, we straddled the line between fan and analyst. So I feel comfortable saying that Joseph Newgarden is my baby boo because (laughs) I've hung out with him and he's just a great guy. And yeah, although I guess I know he has a fiance. He should be getting married soon. But yeah. So my weekend, because I know you guys want to know, I was in the house. So we'll just leave it at that. I actually watched some NASCAR, but I will be honest with you guys. All the days are running together. Like, All-Star was on what day, and Texas was on Sunday. So it's starting to, to be honest, get on my nerves. Because even Kansas is (laughs) Thursday, and then we turn around the week after and race on Sunday. I'm giving you guys a warning up front. I'm not quite sure how we will record, because we typically record after the race. But because Kansas is on Thursday and then New Hampshire is August 2nd, which is a Sunday, we may come back on. We may not. We may do video. We'll keep you guys posted. Just make sure to check us out on the Twitter and the Instagram at Turns No Breaks for an update. So with that being said, I'm going to give you guys a quick recap and we will talk about the NASCAR week that was. All-Star, your boy Chase won and... Everybody was happy because Chase is, as I like to say, the golden boy of NASCAR. KB, as in Kyle Busch, or should we call him KFB? Is that what he's going by now? The notorious KFB? I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> I didn't get into all that, but I don't but know I where will... he was going with that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll let Kitty talk about that a little bit later, but 
Harvick came in third, Brad Keselowski fourth, and Denny Hamlin came in fifth. So second, third, fourth, fifth, and all the rest didn't matter because Chase won and got the million bucks. No notables because no one cares if you didn't win the million dollars. (laughs) Texas, recap. Top 10. Austin, you know I love to rub it in everybody's face because it's Tam against all Austin Dillon haters. (laughs) Although, no matter, this guy can't do anything for fans to approve of. Like, he won and... The naysayers was like, oh, he won because of the package. Ugh, you know what? I just can't with you guys. His teammate Tyler Reddick <laughs> came in second. So it was a one-two finish for the Richard Childress racing team. Joy Logano came in third. Kyle B, as in Kyle Bush or KFB, came in fourth. Harvick, fifth. Eric Jones, sixth. Blaney, seventh. Kurt Busch, 8th, Brad Keselowski, ninth, And we'll jump into some Brad Keselowski talk because he had a lot to say. And Eric Amarola came in 10th. Now, Eric, for the last few races, has managed a top five. This is a top 10, though. But he actually was in front. And I know he had some brake issues and everybody was waiting to see what would happen if he was going to be able to stop in his pit. But I'm a little bit disappointed that he only managed a top 10 finish considering that he was doing great. But yeah, so notables. Chase, I guess after he won that million dollars, he just took the next race off and was like, forget it. He came in 12th. (laughs) You guys already know that I said every week until the end of the season, Matt, as in Matt Kenseth, not Matty D, but Matt Kenseth will be a notable. He came in 18th. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy can't get right. And even when Jimmy gets right, somebody can't get right around him. So Jimmy came in 26 and Denny Hamlin is a notable because it was all about Denny and Harvick. Denny is trending in the other, the wrong way. He came in 20th. So not what I was expecting for Denny. But yeah, so those are your top 10. That is your top 10 and notable from Texas Motor Speedway, and your winner from the All-Star Race. So before we talk about the notorious KFB, I think it's KFB, but Kyle Busch, and before we jump into some Brad Keselowski talk, I want to stay with Texas really quick, and I want to talk about a tweet that was posted. I'm not going to say who, because, you know, it's just a matter of opinion, but it raised a question. And it was about tire and about tire burnoff. I've been following NASCAR for a decade now. I will be the first one to admit, I don't know every single thing. And even when I think I know, because the packages are always changing, I don't know. And I don't keep up with that kind of stuff as much as I should. But I'm going to put myself on blast with this one. I had to ask Kenny. So the tweet basically was something about the tires were lasting way longer at Texas. As you guys know, Texas went through a repave. The track was redone, I believe, in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Because I remember being at the track right after. Because I've been to Texas Motor Speedway a couple of times. So, But, I, you know, it all runs together with me after a while. But the tweet was about 
the tires actually lasting longer. And in my mind, I was thinking, well, it's hot as hell in Texas and the track is a mile and a half track. So I was thinking that the tire burnoff would be quicker. However, because again, I don't know everything. And this is a learning lesson because I know we have a lot of fans that listen to the podcast that aren't super diehard born and raised in NASCAR nation. So this is something to educate everybody. And I'll let Kenny explain. So when I asked Kenny about it, Kenny was like, well, actually it's quite opposite and that the burnoff wasn't as quick. So if you want to share with us, Kenny, a little bit more about that, that would be awesome. So I know on this pod, we keep it like relatively simple. So I'm going to try and keep it as simple as possible. So based on that tweet, 100% agree. It's like, why in the world does a tire look like it just came off of a qualifying run? Like, I know there was a picture out there of that, just like you said. And if you look at those tires and you look at tires after a team qualifies, typically that's what they look like or what some people would call scuff tires. They had some laps on them, but not too many. And after a 60 to 70 lap run at a half mile track, typically, it shouldn't look like how they look what we saw on Twitter. But again, given what Goodyear gave us, uh, gave NASCAR, they gave them a tire that doesn't wear out, doesn't fall off much. And it was quite evident. I mean, if you pit it, the biggest worry wasn't I'm coming out and I'm going to be the fastest because I have a a fresh tire. You were to some degree, but even on a set of tires that was 60 laps old, you still weren't falling off a heat ton. And Kurt Busch was an example. He, when he pitted, he was maybe three, maybe like three temps off from where he was at when he had a set of tires that were worn or quote unquote worn. And I think if you're going to a half mile track and I can look at Darlington, for example, who's a track where that still exists and has been known for. That's what you want to make. That's what makes a half mile from good to decent. If you can't get either of those things, you see what happens at Texas. We got a hell of a finish and a pretty wild one because everything kept bunching up, bunching up, bunching up. And again, that's where we're stuck at right now. So that's how it's supposed to happen. And that's what you get. But when you have tire fall off, it creates a multitude of strategies for teams. And that's what makes a half mile track interesting because you're trying to figure out who can take care of their tires for one, who's the fastest when they have fresh tires, or just let alone who can make their tire last the longest when they know they can't pit or they know they have a caution possibly coming up. That's the point of having a half mile track with a tire that actually falls off. So that's probably the simplest way I can explain it, but I really do wish we had tire fall off because I really don't think the the beginning half of that race outside of the finish just really wasn't what you would love to see so to speak at a half mile track so that's my take on it quick question for you kenny did you enjoy the race not that much if i'm being quite honest i feel like we got kentucky 2.0 this week like that's literally what happened at kentucky the tire didn't fall off at kentucky either okay i thought it was interesting that martin Truex jr ran out of gas i was like wait that was strange <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there, there you have it. An explanation from somebody who digs deep and knows these things. And it was an education for me as well. So what direction do you guys want to go in? Do you want to talk about Brad Kozlowski or do you want to talk about KB? Hmm, where could we go first? 
Yeah, I know, can, right? Can we also <laughs> add the playoffs? Like, we're right in the edge of the playoffs right now. Go for it. This is your show. Whatever you want to do, boo. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you're not my baby boo, though, because that's Joseph Newgarden, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think a lot of people realize right now is like the very, very end of the, the regular season. Like the playoffs are really coming soon. It's almost August. I know this pandemic has probably got people mixing the days up, which I totally understand. But the playoffs are here and Jimmy Johnson, as we talked about, or as Tam would say, can't get right at the moment. He is just two points above the cut line right ahead of his teammate, William Byron, who also wrecked on Sunday. So that put him below the cut line. And it's it's going to get a little crazy, I think, for that bottom half of the playoffs. Like Eric Amarola, like you mentioned, has been on, no pun intended, he's been on a roll for the last couple of weeks. And he's 109 points above the cut line. So I think he's good. Same thing with Kurt Busch. He's good to go. 108 points ahead. Kyle Busch is only 95 points ahead and amazing out of 10 winners we've had this season. Kyle Busch was not one of them, but Cole Custer and Austin Dillon have won a race this year. Something How amazing I don't think that? anybody could have called. Right. Like <laughs> we, we all, Matter of fact, we almost got a second rookie winning in the same yeah. season. And I have yeah, no Tyler idea Reddick, when that's happened again. Yeah, right. the and ironic I, thing, not to cut you off, Kenny, but... Each week, Renee's been like, I just got to stay with Kyle Busch. <laughs> but it's like, is it time to jump ship? Renee, would you jump ship or are you going to stay riding with Kyle Busch? I think it's safe to say that it's time to jump ship. <laughs> wow. What kind of loyalty yeah. do you have? I know. <laughs> uh, okay. not, not, not very good. <laughs> okay, Kenny. So finish what you were saying about the playoffs. Yeah, it's rough on Kyle Bush on Kyle Bush's end and his fandom as well right now. They just can't they can't get as a matter of fact, they can't get right either. I mean, he won the trucks on Saturday, but also previously, he disqualified in the Xfinity race, so that gave Austin Cedric the win. So that wasn't a great day for him. He was gonna I'm sure he was probably aiming to go for the sweep. And I think if he had got both of those, I think maybe we'd be looking at a a different race for him, but it just hasn't been well for him. No practice has really affected him out of all people I've noticed. It just does not work for him not having practice. And apparently we won't have any of that, even going to the road course in Daytona in August, won't have practice still. So I don't know. This He's in the playoffs as of now, but it's still incredibly strange that he has not won a race yet. It, it is amazing. But the same goes for the rest of, of the group that's currently in the playoffs. Matt DiBenedetto, who had a solid run up until Quinn Hauf decided to uh, try and pit two lanes ahead and had two cars coming and hit him, kind of ruined their day. He's 51 points above. Clint Boyer, your your guy as well. He's 36 points above the cut line. He's doing okay. He's not doing bad. He just may just straddle his way in, just like Jimmy Johnson who's sitting in 16th, and he's only two points above his teammates. So we'll see. I don't know. It may get really interesting with those guys, but out of the cut line, it's just William Byron himself. Tyler Reddick, who almost won on Sunday. Eric Jones had a good run, but hasn't won yet either. He's in 19th. And Bubba Wallace is actually in 20th, who has had some pretty decent runs ever since Martinsville. What world are we living in where Clint Boyer is above Jimmy Johnson in point? That's all. I'm, I'm just going to leave crazy. that right there. <laughs> I'm going to leave that really right there. And 
I guess since we were talking about Kyle Bush, now we'll just continue to talk about Kyle Bush. What is this nonsense? Well, I won't call it nonsense, but I was like, I next thing I know was KFB. Then I saw a T-shirt. Then I saw a graphic with the notorious, like, dude, it's team doing too much. We cannot compare Kyle Bush to the notorious B-I-G as in Biggie, as in Biggie Smalls, depending on what era you're in, you call him by a different name. Biggie, Biggie Smalls, notorious, notorious B-I-G. What the notorious B-I-G is going on? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that one. That that one didn't really sit right with me. I mean, I get. But what does K, (laughs) what does the KFB stand for? What does the F stand for? Oh, it's a four letter word that I won't say on the show, but yeah, that should. Uh, yeah, oh, I now I get it. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay, but I was racking my brain. I was like, "What the hell is KFB?" A, a lot of a lot of people did <laughs> on Sunday. People were like, "What does that mean?" And I'm like, "Wait." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." No, I got it. I, I said, "I already know." Okay, <laughs> yeah, don't judge it's like, me. It's like you're looking at it, scratching your head, going, "What does that stand for?" <laughs> no, look, tr- no, trust me, it's not bad because I was the same way. I had no idea at first, and I had to think. I'm like, "Okay." Mm, okay. <laughs> okay, don't judge me because I don't even like KFC, but I was thinking something along the lines of KFC, KFB. <laughs> okay, so basically there's not even a story there because now we know. Now, the real story, and it's I feel like people aren't really necessarily talking about it, but your boy Brad, he went back to bad Brad. Because, you know, he's been real tame since he's got married. I don't even know if they married, but since he has the, the missus and the kids, he's been a different Brad. But he kind of show, showed up and showed out a little bit this past <laughs> week. He basically, I think, okay, Kenny, you probably know because I know Renee was in Arizona. So he can't really say too much other than what he read. But Kenny... <laughs> <laughs> what what was it all about? What prompted him to go in left field? And before Kenny talks, basically, Brad, I'm summarizing it the best way I can. He basically was like, we need to change how these drivers come up to the cup. And some of these drivers need to go back to the lower levels. That wasn't his exact words, but I'm just paraphrasing it the way I want it to sound. Okay, go ahead. Hey, look, you are actually right on, you hit the nail right on the head. That's almost virtually what he's saying, but the reference comes from the Quinn Houff accident. So for those who watched the race on Sunday, Quinn Houff, like late in the race, which started all those cautions that we got back to back, he was trying to get the pit road. Apparently his left mirror was broken. He has a spotter, but he decided to dive down to pit road while cars were still like he had too many cars around him or coming up close to him so when he did that that's how he ended up getting wrecked and of course you know brad which i'm actually surprised someone showed a clip from like 2012 where he was really mad and he he let somebody have it and he was not the same one you hear today but yeah he's like look straight up he dropped an f-bomb an s-bomb and everything he did (laughs) but not this time back in the old clip of 2012 that was an old Brad Keselowski. That's when him yeah. and Kyle Busch really were into it. Like, those two used to get at it, at it all the time. But <laughs> I kind of miss those days. Yeah, different world. Like Tam said, get, he got married, and I guess that changed his life quite a bit. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, essentially he was referring to like how Formula One does. Like in Formula One, to get a super license, you have to go through a certain amount of races at the lower levels just to get up, and you have to pass a test just to keep your super license every year. So it's not like you just. Can't, it's not like in Formula One that Quinn Howe, for example, not to knock him or anything, he couldn't just go to F1 and just show up with money and race. You got to actually still qualify and get your license in NASCAR. Nikki Lauda, Nikki Lauda. Okay, I just had to add that. <laughs> if you guys that's, know the reference, Nikki Lauda, you know, showed up with a suitcase and was in Formula One. Although he deserved to he be did. in Formula One, but yeah. Okay, sorry, I had just had to say that. Oh, no, 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 no. 100% hell of a driver, without question. But... Um, <laughs> with that whole thing, he was basically saying, look, there needs to be a bigger criteria for someone to get into a, in any series. And I, and I can understand that, especially the Cup Series. If you're a fan and you've been a fan for a long, long time, the NASCAR Cup Series is the premier series in stock car racing across the United States of America. That's the bottom line. It is the pinnacle. That is where every single kid that's at your local short track, that's where they want to get to. Not everybody makes it, obviously, but look, that's where you want to be. And the reason why it's the pinnacle is because it's supposed to be the very hardest stock car racing league in the entire country. That's what it's supposed to be. But when you have stuff like that happening, and I get things happen from time to time, it's just certain things that most people wouldn't do at that level. I mean, even younger drivers wouldn't do something like that, that, you know, have had enough experience with that. But again, pitting a cup car at and getting it slowed down from 180, 190 miles an hour is a hell of a task. Don't get me wrong. And it requires skill. So with that being said, you, I think you do need to, to actually have some of those. And it, it shouldn't just be as easy as I've got my NASCAR license. I got money. I can go truck racing. I can go Xfinity racing. I can go cup racing. I think you should have some type of criteria to work your way up. I don't disagree, but I don't think there ever has been that level besides maybe you have to be a certain age to race on a half mile track that's it but other than that i think if you won that up you know you clean stuff up like that that happens renee here's a question for you right before we jump into some predictions it's a yes or no if you want to elaborate it's okay but it's really a yes or no question do you think that drivers should be demoted from the cup series if they're not driving well (sighs) oh I'm going to say no. I'm just going to go no. And the, and I'm I'm just going to elaborate a little bit on why I say that. And that's only because I feel like if you've already been promoted to the Cup Series level, um, I just think you should either just let them, let them ride it out. And if they just are not very good drivers or they, it's almost like football, you know, uh, you get drafted and then they get to play in the, in the, the top NFL leagues against top NFL players. And sometimes there's a bust, you know, sometimes there's great, sometimes there's good athletes and then sometimes there's athletes who get promoted and they just don't pan out very well. And I, I think you should just let them ride out. But no, my, my answer is no. Here's my rebuttal to that. Like this is a court of law, <laughs> but even the top athletes, father time catches up to them. Yeah. Obviously, this is not a time uh, age thing because, you know, we can take Mark Martin for that matter. Right. But. <laughs> At some point, you you not your skills is not what it used to be. You guys, let us know what you think. You know the Twitter turns no breaks. Let us know. It is time for oh, I do have to say one thing really quick. I love me some Mario Andretti, but I'm not quite sure what that comment was about. 
you know what? I'm not even going to go there. Google it. Because he had something to say about black people in motorsports and Formula One and Lewis Hamilton. And my own opinion, I just thought he was a little bit off base, but he's entitled to his opinion. So I'm just going to leave that right there. I just wanted to acknowledge the situation because we were talking about Formula One earlier. Okay, predictions. We are headed to Kansas Thursday. So you guys may hear this podcast on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not sure, but we are headed to Kansas on Thursday. And then we are headed to New Hampshire on August 2nd. As I stated earlier, we will probably be back before August 2nd. But just for now, we'll just give you our Kansas predictions. It's time for race predictions. Renee, who you got? All right, Kansas. So here we're going to go. Um, I am going to, I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin, uh, there at Kansas. Uh, I feel like, uh, Denny is the one that might come out on top there. I was kind of rooting for him, uh, yesterday and it, uh, just didn't work out. He was, and he actually had a, he was having a really good race yesterday. Um, uh, but I, I see Denny Hamlin as my winner for Kansas and my alternative pick. I'm actually going to go with uh, Kurt Busch. I feel like Kurt Busch, he might pull this one out. I don't know. I'm feeling Kurt Busch for some reason, but I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin as my main pick, and my alternative pick is Kurt Busch. Those are my picks. I'm sticking with him. What do you say, Kenny? All right. We are going to Kansas. First time this year. First time, actually, in NASCAR history that we're going to be going to Kansas in July. But for me, I'm actually going to go with Kevin Harvick, who ran really well there last year. I'm going to roll with him as my main pick. And then this is going to be a wild one. My alternative pick is going to be Tyler Reddick, who actually made his half mile debut at Kansas last year. I believe he got a top 10, if I'm not mistaken. He ran really well, and that really showed how good he was probably going to end up being in the Cup Series. He almost won at Texas. So you know what? I'm going to make sure I stick to Tyler Reddick. And with that being said, Miss Tam, what are your picks? Last week, I went with Clint Boyer as my alternative because... I'm going to be honest, I think I got confused. I thought we were at Kansas and not at Texas. But I'm not going with him this week because, I don't know, I'm just not going with him. (laughs) I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick as my pick to get it done. And my alternative is going to be Denny Hamlin. So, yes, your girl Tam Bam is back on the Harvick Hamlin train. Choo-choo. (laughs) <laughs> dude, dude, I like that tan bam dude, dude. <laughs> all right well those are our picks what say you NASCAR fans let us know who your picks are hit us up on our uh, social media at turns no breaks at turns no breaks across the board you guys uh, always appreciate you guys uh, coming in and listening to us if you have friends that love NASCAR just as much as you do just as much as we do turn them on to our podcast and we always appreciate your support for Tam, for Kenny, and myself. Stay safe out there, guys. Wear a mask if you have to. Be safe. Social distance. And we'll see you next time on another episode of All Turns No Breaks. Y'all heard him. Wear a mask, all right? Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 